Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, and so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Booyah! The decision is in. Six games for Deshaun Watson, barring an appeal by the NFL. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. This is the day that we've really been gearing to for, well, since March, whatever day he was traded. March, yes. whatever. Somewhere in March. But the decision is in. Judge Sue L. Robinson writing as part of her decision that there was a pattern of egregious but nonviolent sexual behavior. Six games, and again, we know now that because there is a suspension, Roger Goodell can appeal. Let's whip right around. Adam the Bull is with us. Let's bring him in first. Adam, you feeling okay? Uh, I'm doing <laughs> I'm doing okay right now, Jay. Uh, it's been it's- we're worried about you. You know, we know that you had some kidney stones over the weekend. It scrubbed yeah. your trip to Seattle. We hate that. But I just yeah. want to point this out. He is in pain. Yeah. He is a gamer. He's playing hurt today. Playing through. But we couldn't do this show without you. You know that. So we greatly appreciate you doing this for us. Well, I, thanks. I didn't want to miss this. Yeah, I was. I, I had a kid. I'll get to, to Watson 10 seconds. I had a kidney stone that it was and I think still is stuck between my kidney and my bladder. I've been taking medication off and on pain meds. I just took another one now, so we'll see how long I can make it for. But, yes, guys, I mean, I think if you're a Browns fan right now, you have to be super-duper excited about what has happened here. Now, we understand, as always, that the league can appeal. The Players Union and Deshaun Watson have said they're not going to appeal. But uh, a lot of us speculated six to eight games all along. If it stays at six games, the league has three days to appeal. That's a huge win for the Browns. I know some people wanted zero. That was never going to be realistic. Judge Robinson stated today that that he did violate the personal conduct policy, but the key statement, not enough evidence for a longer suspension, guys. Right. So to me, that's big. Hopefully the league doesn't Bigfoot here, and six games gets him back for the, for the Ravens and Bengals. That'd be huge. Well, let's start right there. Tyvis, I'll get your thoughts first. Mm-hmm. Any, any chance in your mind at all that the league appeals this, knowing that the optics would be overruling a professional here. I think that the league should just let it stand. I think this is exactly what they wanted. This is why you hired her to do her job. She came out. She gave a reason to why she gave the six games, what it fell in line with. And if I'm Roger Goodell, if I don't really want no scrutiny from the NFLPA, then I would just leave it alone. Six games seems fair. Brad? Well, I I say this. I think that the process played itself out the way it was supposed to. I think the facts were were made on both sides. Obviously, you had an independent arbiter looking at evidence, and I won't even go down on what happened in Texas. It's really come back out to the same thing: egregious behavior, but not illegal. So that's good, that, good point. That is yeah. that is that is the crux of the whole thing. Right? Yeah. So then I think he gets the six games, like like other players have gotten in the past. G. Bush, before your thoughts quickly, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring this up because I think this is all a part of it. Before the announcement was made, before the story leaked that it was six games came word early this morning that Deshaun Watson has settled three three of the remaining four cases. So now there's been settlements on 23. There's one case left in the civil, which won't be heard until next March in all likelihood. 
but apparently there is still one holdout who is not ready to take a settlement check. She wants to see this through and have it go all the way. Uh, G. Bush, not, not should the league appeal, because I think everybody here is kind of in the agreement that it's yeah. bad optics. Will they appeal based on what you know from Roger Goodell's activity in the past? They'll mill over it. They'll look at it. I, I think, you know, we, you mentioned a poll on Twitter um, when asked how many people thought if Deshaun Watson got off too light, was, was six games too light? 77% of the people said yes. The other 23-odd percent said no. That type of polling is, is something that the NFL is using to gauge whether or not we can we can let leave well enough alone or if we need to have the optics of saying, okay, well, let's go back and re revisit this because we may want to find, because there was no fine in this case either. We want to find or to revisit it. I think the NFL will look at it um, for about two or three days. Yeah. And I think they will ultimately come to the conclusion um, that their best opportunity cost to move on and get this thing out of the picture is to take what, what Sue Robinson said and leave well enough alone. Well, as Bull said, they do have three days to appeal. Bull, your thoughts on whether or not the league should and will appeal? I don't. I don't think they should. I don't think they will. I don't know why they would. We've talked about all the things that could go bad for them. We know the things with Jerry Jones and all the other owners that have been out there. I think they've made their case or they didn't make their case. They tried to make their case. They talked tough. So I don't think anybody can really kill the league for not trying to get a longer suspension. They put that out there. But you've now had two, two grand juries in Texas say there's not enough evidence to charge him. You've now had a respected federal former federal judge who spent weeks and weeks much longer than we all expected going over the evidence she gave all she wrote a 15 page uh whatever it's called about this case so what what kind of evidence would the league possibly have if they overstep it just gets them into a fight with the players union and this doesn't go away and if they if they just let it go yeah some people are going to be upset they'll all get over it they'll write their stories they'll complain and then that'll be that We've been saying for a month at least that the league enters a really dicey space yeah. mm -hmm. if they decide to appeal this because there are a lot of ghosts lurking. Yes. And the one thing the NFLPA, I think, managed brilliantly was getting the word out there that if we don't like this decision, we will go to federal court and we're bringing those skeletons out of the closet. Mm -hmm. And the skeletons obviously being the past egregious behavior from owners. A lot of these investigations, the public never mm -hmm. saw the evidence. What, but, but with Deshaun Watson, it was all fair play. Mm -hmm. We know everything about that. And the other thing, too, that we've been saying, we try to a certain extent to hold our smoke because we really don't know. We've been saying all along, I think it's going to be six games, but I don't know. I think it's going to be eight. I don't know. Now... I feel as as strongly as I ever have that now that a 25-year retired district judge mm -hmm. looked at the evidence. This is the woman, this is the one human being that has seen more about this case than anybody. More than the grand jury saw. Yep. Yep. She saw it all. And, and it's her job to issue fair and judicious rulings. Mm -hmm. And she says six games, so I feel... That's that's good. Yeah, I definitely uh, approve of the six games. I also, and I'll ask you guys this too. I also feel better about 
everything about the Browns' yeah. decision to go get him. Mm -hmm. We had talked, Jason and I were firmly in the camp that if this was a year, this failure, this this trade is is a failure. Yeah. Just because they're they're built to win now. Yep. They're not built to win three years from now. So I, I think that six games is good. I feel much more comfortable about the Browns making this move. Let's get the six games out of our out of the way. Three and three is worst case in my book. Yeah. If you go four and two and Watson comes back on the field, wow. So let me let me just jump in because you said a couple of things that here that have really got me got me thinking here. So the league was in a bad position from the beginning. Mm-hmm. The cases in Texas put them in a box. They were already in a box. Mm -hmm. This is the, probably the best outcome that the NFL is going to get. You can talk tough all you want, but the facts led you another way. Now you've had three independent groups, two grand juries in Texas. Yeah. One federal judge reviewing the same information, coming to the same conclusion. And you said something earlier about the the the, the one case that's still left. That that that's a civil case. The only thing you get out of that is money. If you're getting any, you're not getting any jail time out of that. Right? No, that's, it's a no, money settlement. There was never play. any jail it's, time. It's a, it. it's a money settlement play. Here, right, right. The question is, what did what not what did what will Deshaun Watson learn from this nonsense? Right, because it's it's self inflicted. It's 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 a self inflicted wound. Mm -hmm. I mean, who's running around here doing this, right? Mm -hmm. Right. If you read, certainly going to change his well, massage. Well, 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 you see, uh, that he shouldn't they, be going to get any more massages. They put it in the thing <laughs> that that Sue said that he can only receive massages from the Browns Club. That's right. it. I said the pro the problem is here. You've got young people and type. We were talking about young people with money, right? yeah, and access, yeah, and because it is mine, yeah. Oh, what did he tell you? I didn't do anything wrong, and, and and criminally, it appears that he hasn't done anything wrong, right? It's just a questionable thinking. Yeah. And Brad, yeah. you know what she did? I, I said it earlier before we got on here. I said, you know what she exactly did? She sat you down like she was your mother, right? Your mother says, son, now I raised you a certain way, right? And, you know, I, I, I've taught you, me and your father did the best we could. Now, you got a lot of money, yes. And we told you when you get that money, what comes along with that. Mm -hmm. You might not be going to jail, right? You might not be going to jail, and, and, and thank God for that. But... If you're going to sit here and act like it was not you who brought this on yourself, you got another thing coming. You understand that you can't go around sleeping with all of these women, whether they you think they liked it or you it was okay for you to do it or not. And when you have that type of behavior and you're doing it in a place of business, you're doing it in a place of business, you open yourself up for people to come along and do what, what happens. So, yeah, she gave you six games. I'm glad she gave you six games because if I, my, your mother, I'd have gave you, I gave you 12. That's exactly yeah. what she no, said. Exactly well said. Well said. Because his parents probably, I'm sure oh, his yeah. mother is disappointed. Oh, yeah. For sure. His family is disappointed for sure. I think he's learned from this. Anthony, uh, go on, a quick housekeeping bit. Uh, McNuggets is home today. He may be joining us from his camera at home. Anthony's in the producer chair. Hi, everybody. And Anthony, great to see you. Thanks for filling in in the chair. Um, it's time to do a read because we're going to bring in our first guest. Yeah, so we're bringing in Tim Couch, and every time we bring in a guest, we're bringing him in via the Gridiron Guys hotline. Looking for a local roofer you can trust? Family-owned since 2003, the Gridiron Guys have grown to become Northeast Ohio's top-rated roofer. We exemplify quality work practices and are a valued resource mm -hmm. for homeowners and offer 10-year workmanship warranty. Call 330-573-7967 today for a free estimate or roof inspection. Hold on. Grid, grid, grid! Grid, grid, grid! 
Great idea, guys. I knew he was going to give it 100%, and I'm glad that he did. <laughs> hey, guys, let me, let me just say, hey, Tim, let me, I'm going to say goodbye so you guys can talk to Tim, but let me just say one thing. Josina Anderson just reported now that even though Watson inside and the players' union said they won't, they're not going to appeal, as long as the NFL doesn't appeal, obviously, she did say that his side is ultimately unhappy with this because they thought they should have got zero games. So, you know, that's what they're saying publicly. Who knows what the truth is? So I just thought I'd mention that. And I think in the end, the guys are right. He's got to walk the straight and narrow going forward. The league should leave it alone. I'm going to go rest some more and take a break. I love you guys. I'll see you later in the week. Feel, Feel better, better, my better, man. Bull. Thank you, Bull. You're a gamer. Feel better. And, and let us know how it's going later in the day. Um, and I, I'm trying to get Josina on. We've been texting the last 24 hours. She, ironically enough, today is in Carolina. Wow. She's at Panthers camp, and mm. she said she's got a crammed schedule. If she's got any time, she's definitely going to make it for us, and she wants to come on. I'm not surprised that the NFLPA said that. I mean, all along, that was their stance. Yeah. They argued for zero games. Right. So I, I know while on one hand it's a win because it's not a season, they wanted nothing, which I don't think – was ever an option, mm -hmm. but nonetheless, um, if Jacina can wiggle free, she's going to join us. Tim, your immediate reaction to the six games. You know, I think my immediate reaction was it's probably best case scenario for the Browns. You know, you're talking about six games. Um, you know, we were all talking, you know, maybe six to eight, you know, maybe even an entire season. So I think six games, they got to feel like that's probably a win, uh, especially considering, you know, the schedule. You know, I think, Jay, you mentioned it earlier. I think three and three, four and two, is, is very uh, realistic with this team, even without Deshaun Watson. So if they can possibly do that, go three and three, four and two, and then put Deshaun Watson back into this lineup, I think that is, um, you know, absolutely best case scenario. And I think Jacoby Brissett is, is capable of doing that with this schedule. You know, I think they can get off to a good start, uh, obviously rely on the running game and, and play great defense and let Jacoby do his thing, uh, make the plays when they're there, but, uh, you know, certainly not ask him to do too much um, and just hold this thing down until Deshaun's able to come back and, and take this offense to another level. Tim, this is interesting because uh, right now, Kevin Stefanski knows he has 12 quarters of preseason football to work with. Right. Deshaun Watson hasn't played football in 22 months. Yeah. Jacoby Brissett is going to be the captain of this offense for the next six weeks. How are you divvying up those quarters of precious preseason football? It would be nice to have four games this year. Obviously, they yeah. have three. You've got 12 quarters. How many are you giving to Sean? How many are you giving to Jacoby? And who plays that last game? Yeah, you know, I think that, uh, you know, you give Jacoby most of the reps with the ones. I think you get Deshaun in there. Um, and just, you know, let him get some game reps, you know, let him feel the speed of the game again, let him take a couple hits, uh, you know, because like you said, he hadn't played in over a year. So, um, you know, I think I, I would probably lean more towards getting Jacoby ready because, you know, these six games are extremely important and you know he's going to be your guy for those six games. So if I'm Jacoby, I want those reps. I feel like, you know, Stefanski, you feel like he, that's who he needs to get ready uh, within the system. So I think he's going to lean more towards getting Jacoby those reps and then, um, you know, just, just bringing Deshaun in as as he can and, and getting him as, uh, you know, getting a feel for, for yeah. the game and getting a feel for this system as well. Now, Tim, uh, you – uh, obviously, being a quarterback, I think the the uh, I think the suspension allows him to uh, go through the preseason. But when the season starts, he needs to sit out and can't show up to the facility for the first right. three games. Uh, and then after those three games, he can come on back and be part of the team. As a quarterback, 
if if you were Deshaun Watson, what would your schedule be, and how would you plan on staying ready to play and, and throwing and doing? What would you do in those three weeks? How would you get acclimated? Would you throw the receivers? Um, what would that process be? Yeah, if it were me, you know, I would get with a, you know, I'm sure he's got a, a, a private quarterback coach that he works with uh, in the offseason. Most of these guys do nowadays. So I would probably go somewhere and get uh, get with my quarterback coach, make sure there were some quality receivers uh, that I could throw to on a daily basis and uh, just try to stay as, as mentally and physically sharp as you can. You know, I would be watching a lot of film. I would be in the playbook. I would be, um, you know, almost preparing as if you're, you know, you're the backup that you're going to be in at any time. And just uh, so you're always prepared to play. You know, I think. You know, those three weeks can go by really quickly. So you got to, you know, stay ready, um, you know, stay, uh, you know, like you're grinding, like you're getting ready to play a game. You know, I think that's the way I would, uh, you know, probably treat it. But certainly I would have a coach around me uh, making sure that my fundamentals were, uh, you know, staying sharp. Uh, You're watching me throw, making sure, you know, that I'm uh, somebody pushing me, making sure I got good wide receivers out there to, you know, that are, you know, NFL speed, you know, just, uh, you know, so you're used to the speed. So it's not a big adjustment when you come back. So uh, just getting with the right people around you and uh, and just continuing to work hard and get prepared like you're getting getting ready to play. Okay, Tim, hang on with us because we want we've got more for you on on the other side of Dequell Jackson. Dequell joins us now. I guess we only have five minutes with first of all, Dequell. Thanks for coming on. Obviously, you're you're in your vehicle, so I know you've got a lot of things going on. Your first reaction to the six games? I thought it, it came as a surprise to me. I was one of those people that thought the NFL was going to have pushed their influence on this, and he was ultimately would get a year suspension. But clearly, the facts and what Sue Robertson uh, came up with, uh, you know, she she you know chose the right length of uh, of a suspension in six games. I think it's a now don't. Hear me out on this. I think it's a win for the front office and the Cleveland Browns. They decided to uh, take a chance on a guy that obviously can still play the game, but obviously there was a lot of uh, so I think uh, this is the first step out of those guys that can take a little bit of weight off their shoulders, but the, it's still not over. But uh, again, I think it's a win for the Browns. I do think uh, as far as Deshaun Watson, he has to really think about what's next for him really learn from this situation to avoid it because next time there won't be a next time next no, time no, you, you shouldn't expect the next time so and, this is this is it this should be one of those things that never happen again and hopefully he learns from it let me ask you this to quell um you said that you're surprised that the nfl didn't assert their influence a little more on the decision that gets me to my next point which is obviously the league still has three days to appeal this decision and per the NFL uh, bargaining agreement with the Players Association, if Roger wants to, he can be the sole arbiter or he can appoint someone else. If you're surprised by this, then are you expecting the league to go through with that appeal process? Or do you think they'll let this stand? That's a great question. In this situation, I think they will let it stand. I think they've had enough of the back and forth, all the media outlets talking about it. Obviously, it's given a, the, a black eye, a stain to the, the shield. And that's first and foremost what Roger Goodell and the ownership, that's what they, they want to they wanna protect. So I, I don't think they would appeal it. However, uh, this is what this collecting bargain agreement wanted. They wanted a third party to put their eyes on it, evaluate the facts of the matter. And listen, six games is lengthy, but we can still expect him to play this year. At what level, we don't know because he hasn't played in forever. But uh, again, in this case, if I'm the NFL, I, I don't want this thing to, 
to push out any further because now we're talking about another year and a half of litigation and, and the courts back and forth and bring, and reliving these situations all over again. I think in this case, the NFL, if they're smart, I would I would just move on from this and, and just agree with the, the findings of uh, Sue Robertson. So this is this is to Tim and to Quell. So as a person who's been in the uh, a, the union of the player of uh, professional football, uh, professional uh, sports organization, the union. Tell me <laughs> when you're paying your dues to the uh, players association. Do you feel like the players association is ready to go to the mat for a player? Because sometimes we pay those dues. They don't want to go to the mat. They're just doing the dance. Today was the day you're going to have to go to the mat. The NFL in my position guys was in a position where they better take this and just run because it's all bad from down here because it can get ugly. Do you feel like the players association was really ready to go to the mat? Yeah, I'll, I'll take it. I, I do think, um, you know, the NFL PA and Demory Smith, you know, that this is what this is why you pay those dudes. This is why you have those guys in place to be able to litigate and be able to make sense of all of this. Because as a player, honestly, we've talked about this before on the show. There's been no consistency in terms of of a guy being involved in the situation, whether he was found uh, guilt, guilty or innocent, or even if it applied to the ownership. So we all knew as players, when, when at least when I played, in my opinion, there was a different set of rules for ownership as there were for players. But I do think in this case, the NFLPA did have a case uh, on their hands of, of taking this to the max. And that's what you would hope. That's what every player would hope if they're in a situation like this, that uh, they have the, the proper representation. And I do have faith in Demory Smith and, uh, and, uh, and and the union of, of, of what they were, were willing to uh, to work up to if, if they didn't get the outcome they expected. Tim? Yeah, I would agree with DeQuell. You know, I think in this situation, I think they did. Uh, they went above and beyond for Deshaun, and that's exactly what you would hope for. Uh, you know, you pay those dues, and you want that type of representation. So I would completely agree with everything he said. You know, really not much to add to that. I think he, he was right on point, and uh, they did a great job for Deshaun. And, you know, if I was in that situation or any other player was in that situation, that's exactly what you would hope the union and uh, NFLPA would do for you as well. All right, so for y'all being former players, me being with y'all in this category, we know how real them joint practices get. And I do believe the Browns have a joint practice this, this season. I can't remember who it's against. But if you're Kevin Stefanski, how do you split those reps? Does Deshaun Watson get all of those practice reps because that will be considered a game for him? Or do you still continue to split those reps up with Jacoby Brissett even though it, and then go to the game and split them up in the game as well? Hey, Tim, I'll defer yeah, to you I, on this quarterback, man. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, you know, I, I think um, I think you give Jacoby most of them, man. You know, I got he's going to be your starter week one. So uh, you got to get a guy ready to play. You know exactly how many games you're expecting him to play. And he's got six weeks to go out and win football games for this team. So uh, I think you lean uh, lean more towards getting Jacoby game game ready. Uh, with with the fact you know you got to sprinkle some Deshaun in there as well to get him reps and keep him fresh and uh, as well because you know like we said he hasn't played um, all of last season so he certainly needs reps as well mm -hmm. but I think the most pressing issue is getting Jacoby ready to go week one and making sure that you don't you know those six games that Deshaun's out you you have to win at least three of those uh, you know to stay relevant and have an opportunity to go and try to make a playoff run so I think you get uh, Jacoby as ready to go as you can and get him feeling comfortable within the system and and getting out there with with those first team guys and being in the huddle with 
with Chubb and Amari Cooper and all, and all those guys that he's going to be out there with week one and, and getting him as comfortable as possible. Absolutely. Hey, Dequel, I know you have to yeah. go. Thank you very much for sticking in with us, and uh, we'll see you on your regularly scheduled time later this week. All right, guys. Thanks, Dequel. Appreciate see you, it. See you later uh, on. We, uh, we're going to bring in Josina Anderson now, who I mentioned was at um, – she's at Panthers camp. Mm-hmm. We're, we're in the process of getting her linked up right now. Um, so as soon as she's up, that's going to happen. I think the joint practice this year is with the Eagles. Yeah. Um, we called up the preseason schedule. Not that it matters because in the preseason, you don't know who you're going to see. You don't know if, if the team that you're seeing is even going to play a lot of their starters. Last year, I think the league trend <laughs> – was to lay off on the starters. I mean, we saw Kevin Stefanski barely used his skills players. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm wondering if that's going to change this year because this preseason is unlike any they've had yeah. in recent years. And that you could argue this is one of the most important preseasons for the Browns right. in decades I because think- you have to get one quarterback ready yeah. that is new to the system and will play for six games, and you have to get another quarterback ready that is new to the system and hasn't played football in nearly two years. I think you have to. I think you have to utilize them, not just the quarterback position, but your receivers as well. We we still don't understand what's you going want on. them with the ones. Yeah, yeah, you got to see what your receivers is going to do. We got all these guys that's missing time right now. They, as Brad would say, dropping like flies. Yeah, we got to get some of these guys in there to see if they can make plays against these ones. So right. I think those joint practices hold a lot of weight. Tim, when you look at the um, the preseason, I mentioned that the, it is only three games. If you're either guy, if you're Jacoby or if you're Deshaun. Are you lobbying with Stefanski for how much time you want, when you want to play, who gets that last game? Do they get the entire game? How are you approaching it with your coach? You know, I think there there has to be an open line of communication between coach and player in this situation. You know, I think um, Jacoby and and uh, Coach Stefanski have to really be on the same page. How do you feel right now? How do you feel within this offense? Are you feeling comfortable, you know, getting the plays called in the huddle, going up to the line of scrimmage? If you have to audible, do you feel comfortable getting the team in and out of the right play? Do you feel comfortable, uh, you know, just, um, you know, uh, the line protection, sliding the line, you know, getting yourself protected? How comfortable you are uh, with the, you know, this going on in game rep situation, you know, that game speed? Uh, so there has to be that line of communication there with those guys. And if you're not comfortable, you need to say, hey, coach, I need more reps. I, I need to feel, you know, more game speed reps. And let me get up to the line of scrimmage with the play clock running down and see if I can audible. Get us in and out of the right play. Let me change the protection at the line of scrimmage. Uh, so you have to be real honest with your coach in that situation. If you feel like you need more time, then you definitely need to tell it. All right, Tim, stick around again. Um, we're going to bring in Josina Anderson now on the Gridiron Guys hotline. Josina, thanks so much for making time with us. I know that you're in um, in Carolina today. You're going to be at, at Panthers camp later. First of all, I wanted to get your reaction to the news of six games, how that's being perceived by those that you've talked to around the league. And also, it's going to be a wild guess, but the likelihood that, that this gets appealed by the NFL. So I would say, first and foremost, obviously, this is a long time coming. We've been waiting um, fairly a long while for Sue Robinson to give this decision. So finally, uh, D-Day is here and we hear per her, um, you know, review that she feels it should be six games. Now, a lot of people were trying to figure out, you know, why this, um, you know, took so long when you think about the fact that the post-hearing briefs were, at least per the CBA language, only slated to be just five games. 
And the thing about why it also took long, I think it's two reasons. One, because she had to really pour over thousands or hundreds or however many, just a lot of pages of evidence from both sides and really consider that carefully. And the other part of this, I think a little bit more free to talk about it, though not too much in detail, is that there were intermittent talks um, behind the scenes relative to still trying to see if they could reach a settlement even beyond what ESPN was reporting last night as far as some of the things that went back and forth. So I do think that that was part of it. I think last week when I reported that it was possible um, that you would get a hearing, I think that was the case because they were just kind of seeing how it was gonna go and the opportunity was still provided to come to that. Now, relative to my reaction, I think it is notable that uh, it comes from a neutral arbitrator and the neutral arbitrator is also a woman and it also, uh, is uh, notable from the fact that when you think about all of the thrust, you know, in the public hemisphere relative to the emotions of this decision, she really did have the carriage to be able to go way the other way without, you know, much, um, you know, refutation, so to speak, at least in the public hemisphere. So the fact that she was on the other side of the median relative to what, you know, a, a season long would have been and what the um, average would have been in the middle of that, and the fact that she was on the other side of that, I think, is notable. What I am trying to hear is a couple of things. One, if the six games, uh, when we have the opportunity to you know, hear more about the written ruling or read it ourselves, is to see if the six games signifies anything. And the reason why I say that is because if you go in the personal conduct policy and you look at the discipline section, there is a section that talks about having a baseline suspension of a minimum of six games if it involves certain types of conduct including, you know, uh, sexual misconduct or what have you. So it'd be interesting to see per her logic, if that's why she was in that realm or if she just arrived there based on other logic. You know what I mean? And Joseph, uh, absolutely. Go ahead, G. Bush. Well, well Josina, um, when you look at the ruling, uh, you just laid out eloquently that, you know, she's looked at this. She, she's given it time. Uh, she is a woman. She is a former federal prosecutor. She's a former uh, judge. Now, the thought process is, if she has taken the thought and time and, and been very judicious with, with coming up with this six-game uh, suspension and verdict, uh, can the NFL afford to say, oh, well, thank you for your time. Um, that was nice, uh, but we're deciding to take it into our own hands and, and go the opposite way and, and issue another verdict and, and maybe add some games on. Can they afford to do that uh, in the public sphere? So I think there's a difference between can and should. Can they do it? Yes, the NFL has proven that they can do whatever it wants. And a lot of times has done whatever it wants, especially when you're also looking at the discipline relative to the owners. Though we note, especially with me covering the Panthers today, that you know the former owner of this team did you know lose uh, his ownership of the team. Though on the other side of that spectrum, you know you've had people like Robert Kraft uh, who did not receive any discipline after being charged for misdemeanor uh, prosecution charges, which were dropped. Um, so. Yes, it can. Now, the question is, should it? Now, you talk about that with the fact that this is Sue Robinson's first 
high profile case and first case ever underneath this new process. And so by doing that, if the NFL chooses, would effectively and optically be undermining you know, uh, Sue Robinson in the first case. And that is something that they also have to consider. But from my experience, I've covered the NFL 20 years now, and you know, from doing uh, many, many, many of these cases from all, you know, name a player, I've, I've covered it. Um, one thing I do know is that the NFL always licks the finger figuratively, puts it in the air, and they read the pulse of how things are being read. They do do that. So I do think that they're going to take some little bit of time to kind of figure out after they have, you know, the opportunity to read over it and determine what they're going to do. And, but they will take into account how the, the pulse of it, how it's being reacted to. And to that point, and I know you have to go, so this will be the last question. You, I don't know that you've had the opportunity to talk to many folks in the league, associated with the league. And I'm talking about players, coaches, general managers, executives, anybody. The conversations that you've had here in the last two hours since we've known that it's six games. Do you get a general sense on which way that wind vane is blowing? It was too harsh. It was too. It was too lenient, or it was just right. What's been the consensus? So, at least relative to just kind of reading the reaction, I haven't been, you know, able to be on the phone with a whole bunch of people yet because I'm trying to cover Deshaun Watson and the Panthers at the same time right now. <laughs> but what I can say is that I feel that whatever corners people were in before they're still in and and that uh sentiment is represented over whatever this decision came in being six games what i will add to that by my reporting over the last half an hour and i just tweeted this out that even though the six games fell fall short uh, far short rather of the indefinite suspension minimum of a year that the league was seeking that uh, my understanding or I'm told that uh, Deshaun Watson's side uh, still remains very displeased with the six games ruling because they remain adamant uh, that it should have been zero games. So while the notification did come out from the NFLPA last night that uh, the NFLPA and Deshaun Watson intend to abide by Sue Robinson's ruling, and I still do believe that to be the case right now, I still think it is judicious and prudent to wait for the decision from the NFL to see what it is going to do, because obviously it's six games now, but that's not necessarily where it might stay. So let's hear what that is and what they're advocating for or not. And then let's come back to that. <laughs> yeah. And so basically we're still in a 72 hour holding pattern to see whether or not the league is going to appeal this decision. As you said, can they? Yes. Will they? Remains to be seen. But you're they, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, as far as the, the league having their ear to the fandom of the NFL, that's very much a real thing. They are listening to reaction. They are they're gauging reaction. Whether or not that dis influences their decision to appeal or not, we'll we'll, we'll find out. Hey, listen. We'll just um, oh, go ahead. Go quickly, ahead. Just because yes, we, we're waiting for the three days. They have up to three days right. to submit an appeal, and then even after that, we would yes know if they do that or not. But then per the language of the CBA, there's supposed to be a response to that within two days. So this whole process of the portion that we're in uh, theoretically could take up to five days. All right. Very good. Justina Anderson, I know you're crammed today. Thank you very <laughs> much for making time 
uh, for your old friend, and we will talk soon. And uh, let us know how Panthers camp goes. We're all we're all um, kind of oh, looking yes, at that I'm from a asking, distance. Uh, I'm sure Baker Mayfield is waiting for me to ask. You know, <laughs> yeah. Yes, I am waiting for a huge eye roll and um, and then followed by a coy smile. So I'll see, but I'll let you know on Twitter. <laughs> I, I will say this: no one asked those questions more tactfully than Josina Anderson. Josina, thank yes. you very much. Yeah, thank you guys. Appreciate it. No question. One of the best in the business. She is always on top of these stories and she's on top of this one as well. So, Tim, um, her point is, and it's what we were saying is, yes, the league can. Um, Will they? Who knows? But she makes clear the fact that when these kinds of things happen, Roger Goodell and his, um, his brilliant communications team and his PR team, they are gauging everything and they're trying to find out what the general consensus is to this reaction. Um, in your history, in your experience, and just even as a fan watching these things in the, in the past, um, how likely is it, do you think, that the commissioner uses all of this intel from how we're reacting collectively in, in weighing his final options and whether or not he'll appeal? Yeah, I think Justina made a great point there. That's a very realistic thing that they are going to see what the reaction is, um, you know, from the NFL fan base and, and uh, you know, especially, you know, the women, you know, they're trying to, you know, raise the, um, you know, the, they're trying to get more women on board watching the NFL. How do they react to this decision? Uh, so I, I think that that's going to play a, a very big role in it. You know, we've seen it happen in the past, too, of just uh, fan reaction. Uh, to certain situations, you know, we've uh, we've seen it in a lot of different uh, a lot of different ways, and we've seen the NFL react to it. So they definitely uh, they definitely have an, an eye on how people are reacting, and uh, you know, we'll see uh, in the ne- over the next couple of days how they uh, go with this one. So, you know, Tim, uh, looking at it, and we're, we're gonna put you on the spot here a little bit. Um, now that you know Deshaun Watson is out six games, see, it's a lot of people that was running around hiding from it. Are the Browns a playoff team, Tim? You know you got the six games. You know the schedule. You know Jacoby Brissett. When you look at this team top to bottom for 2022, do you think the Browns will make the playoffs? You know, I I really do. I think this is a playoff caliber team. You know, I think, um, you know, you look at the roster top to bottom. It's as talented as as about any team in the league, you know, on paper. Um, You know, can they get through these first six games? Uh, with Jacoby Brissett, I, I think so. You know, I think that they can win three. I'm, I'm totally on board with what Jay said earlier in the show. Three wins, maybe even four with that schedule. Uh, you know, I look at, you know, what, what makes me so confident in that is uh, the way we're able to run the football, obviously, uh, with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, probably the best one-two punch in all of pro football, maybe the best offensive line in pro football. So the pressure is not going to be on Jacoby Brissett. There are so many other guys that can take that pressure off of him. So he can just go out and he's proven he can go out and win games in this league. He, he's a serviceable guy. You know, he can he can throw the football. He can make good decisions. Uh, he, he's a good football player. So they, they can win games with Jacoby Brissett. Uh, they're just going to have to rely heavily on this run game. They're going to have to rely heavily on that defense and Miles Garrett and that crew uh, to get after guys and shut people down. Uh, but I think this is a playoff team, especially you know, when Deshaun Watson comes back, if he is the Deshaun Watson that we've seen his whole career, then absolutely this team is a playoff caliber team and uh, Deshaun can really elevate them and take them to a whole other level. So Tim, and as I listen to you speak uh, in sports, sometimes we, when we look at the schedule, we try to break the schedule down and see which games are winnable right. and which ones are not. So I heard you say that earlier. So let's go through the first six games. If, I, <laughs> <laughs> if you say we got to win yeah. three games to be in the hunt, Give me the three that we going that we that we should. Anthony, circ- can you put the schedule back up so we can see it? That we should circle yeah, to win. 
right? And Let's if we lose one of those, that means we got to go get one of the other six. <laughs> That's right. So, so I think I think week one they, they beat Carolina. I think Carolina's uh, you know uh, they're going to get after. If it's Baker Mayfield, the Browns are going to be extra motivated in that game, especially you know to get after him and create some turnovers. I think they win that one. The Jets, I, I, I definitely think you know we all saw the Jets last year. I think the Jets is a winnable game. Pittsburgh, um, you know that that game uh, that that's a home game. Pittsburgh's going to be breaking in a new quarterback, so I mean, I mean, you've got to think at home. That's probably that's an opportunity to win that game. Atlanta, uh, you know, Atlanta's a winnable game as well. You know, no Matt Ryan. Um, you know, that that's an opportunity that's on the road, but that's uh, that's another opportunity there. I think the toughest game out of that stretch, obviously, will be Pittsburgh at home, a rivalry game. It's always going to be tough. Then uh, the Chargers, you know, I don't think they win that game without Deshaun Watson. You know, L.A.'s a, a heck of a football team. Uh, I don't think they can win that one. Um, New England is obviously always good. Um, playoff team a year ago. So that, that would probably one I would say could go either way. If I had to pick right now, I would say that I would probably lean towards New England on that game without Deshaun Watson. So um, but the other games that I mentioned, you know, I think are, you know, that's three or four wins right there that I think they can certainly go out and get. So you, so you're looking at Tim. You're looking at the first, the the three wins come in the first four games. If I yes. if I hear you correctly, yeah, right. that's correct. Right. Yeah. So and then that means for Stefanski on the other side, if we drop one of those games, you got to go get a game, right? Got to go get one. You got to be. Got to go get or... someone somewhere else. Yeah. So that's right. we, as as fans, we should be looking to say, come out of this at least three and three. Yeah. I think four, so. You know, I, two, I think four that's and two right. would be great, but three and three is is, yes. is the is the baseline. I think three and three is very manageable. You know, you give a Deshaun Watson a 500 football team when he comes back and say, go, you know, go out and win games for us now, get us to the playoffs. You, you, you give yourself an opportunity. You know, you don't want to give Deshaun Watson a football team that's, you know, that's one in five or something like that. That's, oh. that's an impossible situation mm. for anyone. So, you know, I think if they can go three and three or – Especially, yeah, exactly. Don't even, don't even put that but, in the atmosphere. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, I think Deshaun Watson, if I'm Deshaun Watson, I'm saying, you know, if, if I come back to this team and we're three and three, especially if we're four and two, it's go time, man. I feel extremely confident that I can take this team to the playoffs and, and to pick up where uh, Jacoby left off and take this offense to a whole other level from, from what they were doing. You know, it, we talked about this so much, but that first game, Carolina, we, we know that, that Baker's <laughs> yeah. going to come out and he's going to oh, have yeah. smoke coming out of his ears. Absolutely. I, I, we always talk about players and guys meeting the moment. This is, this is the moment. I mean, I don't think there could be a bigger game one unless it was maybe against Pittsburgh. Like, all eggs in on this basket. You have to, and because it's the launching pad of the season, yeah, if you to. do somehow lose that game, no, no, then be, you're in a train wreck of a situation. If they now you got to go four and one with three really good teams yeah. in that five game stretch. That first game is going to be as big a season opener as I can remember. Well, that's, a, that's, a, that's a smoke game, right? And so, in the words of John Morant from, from the Memphis Grizzlies, you, we want the smoke. We running up the chimney looking for the smoke. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I mean, we if you gotta even have a pulse to be in that game, and you're not there, something is wrong. You're Couldn't gonna know from more. day one something is wrong. Yeah. yeah. Tim, you don't need a fire up speech for this one, do you? <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. I think Baker will probably say enough during the week that uh, he's gonna, he's gonna get fired up himself. Uh, we, we all know Baker. He's gonna say something that pisses that pisses off the Browns defense. You know. So Miles Garrett and those guys are going to be ready. Baker is going to be ready. I can't wait to watch it. I haven't looked forward to an opening game 
um, like this in a long time. So it's, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch and uh, super excited about it. Yeah, as they say, get your popcorn ready. And Baker's going to Baker. Ready, right. He will give yeah. he will give the Browns bulletin board material. <laughs> oh, absolutely. That that's just yes. who he is. That's what motivates yeah. him. And we'll yeah. see whether or not he can carry that um, that fiery streak. You know what, Tim? Into Carolina. Let, let me give him some hand sanitizer. <laughs> that, that game gonna be dirty. Yeah, it is. It's gonna be dirty. Real dirty. Yeah, it is. No doubt, man. Yeah, yeah I'm that's ready. a Purell game. That Purell game, man. Let's go. Yeah. Tim, thanks so much. Before we let you go, um, we've all heard about the terrible disaster in Southeast yeah. Kentucky, which wow. of course is your home. I know you live in Lexington now, but you were born and raised in Leslie County. The death right. toll is, is approaching 30. I know that hits in the heart of where you were. Um, is, is your family okay? Um, it, what, what can you tell us about how your hometown was hit? Well, it's, it's been absolutely devastating, Jay, and I really appreciate you asking about it and bringing some awareness and hoping that people, if you have an opportunity, if you feel like you can, to help give and donate goods and, and things like that. There's all kinds of websites. You can go to ARH.org and donate, um, uh, places like that. So we've been really helping out as much as we can. I was able to, uh, uh, went to a fundraiser on Saturday for Coach Stoops here for a UK event, and we had a little thing on the side to raise money for that. Uh, we were able to raise $25,000 to send to them. Um, and help out as much as we can. I've taken um, supplies, uh, water, towels, um, you know, cleaning supplies, canned goods, everything so you've we been, can. So you've been donate. to the area then? I haven't been to the area. I've, I've taken it to the drop-off location oh, here in I Lexington where the, bands, where the bands ship it down. Uh, but my family is, uh, is everyone is doing okay. I had one cousin uh, that lost, pretty much lost his house. The water was almost over his roof. So it was just just absolutely devastating, but it's just it's unbelievable what's what's happened there, man. And it's um the you know it's uh it's it's very it's gonna be a very tough rebuild for that uh, that area of Kentucky. So we're all trying to do as much as we possibly can. And I, I appreciate you asking about it, Jay. Absolutely, Tim. And um, I, I started my career there, spent three years there. First yeah. met Tim there, covering him yep. as an eighth grader playing varsity sports. Um, the people of yeah. that area are absolutely salt of the earth. Some of the best people I've ever known. Um, we're praying for you, we're thinking about you. And to Tim's point, ARH.com, if you can help with supplies, with money, with I, I have a lot of friends that are still in the area that are doing everything they can to help uh, the cleanup. It is terrible and um, we're thinking about the area. Tim, thanks so much, we appreciate it. Thanks so much guys, All right, have a great Tim. week. Tim Couch. Uh, Leroy in the portal. All right, Leroy Horde, your first reaction to six games. What 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 do you think? Um, I think that the the arbiter and, and Sue Robinson tried to do two things. She tried to identify what the issues were in this case, while also identifying that the league had no case. Now Deshaun Watson has to be responsible for putting himself in that situation. But the NFL can't come down so heavy-handed just to make themselves look better. And so that is kind of where she came with the, 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 the ruling. Um, I'm okay with it. Um, and, and I think part of the reason why I'm okay with it is because the league wanted a year. And that was just ridiculous, right? And, and so we tend to think, you know, because... Look, this case became less about truth or innocence and more about how it looked. Nah, so true. And I'm going to tell everybody 
looking, everybody in this world, if you had to live by those set of rules, you wouldn't be able to function. If all of the decisions made against you were not based on what happened, but how it looks, take it from a black man. You don't want that smoke on you. Mm -hmm. I've had friends that I grew up with, family members. You don't want that. So I've always been a person that has sat back and tried to evaluate what the truth was and tried to come up with a solution based on facts. We, we didn't get there. But I can say that Deshaun Watson has some culpability in this situation. But you think six games is, is still just overly punitive? I, 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 think, I think it is, but because the NFL came out with such a big number, it doesn't seem like that much. So they set the bar super high in right. hopes of getting to where we She's are now. Right. And, and, and on the flip side, though, the, the NFLPA was asking for no games. Right. And, they, and they've already come out and said they're not, ha- they're not happy that there was any games. They wanted zero, right. but they, they said they're not going to appeal. Right. Here, here's the, here's the, the problem. With this whole situation, let, let's keep it real. Let's evaluate what happened. Okay? First, before we even knew innocence or guilt, we had that number. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now, that number looks bad. Okay? But that number wasn't the result of women coming forward. That was a result of a lawyer trying to make his case. See, we, we overlooked that because guess what? When it was time to prove their case in front of the NFL, they didn't even bring all those women. Right. They brought five. Mm-hmm. So they got to cherry pick the ones that they thought would make the best case. Meanwhile, Deshaun Watson has to deal with all of the women. And so, although again, he did put himself in that situation. And there could be some things that happen. It got lost in all of the 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 the, the stuff surrounding the actual truth or innocence of the crimes. Mm-hmm. Okay? And 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 part of that is because let's look at what everybody's job is. Okay? The NFLPA is to make sure that Deshaun Watson is 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 penalized according to the NFL rules and not heavy-handed uh, suspension by the league. The league is coming out saying it's our job to make the the league look good and make sure that we don't get caught up in this nonsense of we're going easy on our players, right? It's the lawyers' responsibility of the the, the plaintiffs to get as much money as possible. None of these situations are about truth or innocence. None of them. And so from that standpoint, we have a whole situation where accusations have been serious, serious accusations Mm -hmm. have been brought upon a player and none of the conclusions surrounding it are based on whether he did anything. Leroy, you're absolutely correct. I'm going to tell you this. And we, we could get down to the brass tacks of it. There's a lot of people that's sitting on here on Twitter talking about he should have got more, should have did this, should have did that. Oh my goodness! That well, let's be clear. 
let's be clear. When people get ready to really cast their vote on things that they think matter, like presidents, they have no problem with it. 26 allegations, no problem. And, and we, did, we had to find somebody to get with, with Deshaun Watson. The man that I'm talking about said it himself. He said on all access, this is what I do, right? So now he's probably going to be up for election again. He'll run again. So now people have no problem when it comes to tax breaks, when it comes to ideology, when it comes to uh, regulations of people that are going to be in office that affect their bottom line, they have no, bit, they have no problem for it. But all of a sudden, do we think it's kind of rare that we see a young African-American black quarterback who all, all of a sudden, 24 allegations and we need to talk about it. The reality is the situation is this. When you look a certain way or you are a certain way, the rules are a certain way. And when you say it's just the look of it, that even is even more damning that you as an individual, you are admitting that I don't care about what was reality. I just care how it looks. That's right. what you're admitting. But but that that's a lot. A lot of this situation is, is that way. And 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 look, I'm not one of those people that um, if if anything had been found, if guilt had been found, I would have been, you know, on my soapbox. This can't this can't happen. Okay. This can't happen. He needs to be held accountable. But I find it, I find it weird in our society that the people who have the most impact on what goes on in this country mm -hmm. aren't held as accountable as an NFL quarterback. That's the problem. That's the problem. If Deshaun Watson did anything wrong, he should be penalized for it. If it could be proven, he should be penalized for it. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is, every time we hear a story or an accusation, if it's an athlete, we deem that so much more terrible than the people who actually have an impact on what goes on in this country. And, and look, Charles Barkley said it right. We are not role models. Okay, don't turn on the TV to find some inspiration for your kid. Mm. If we can help, if our path, and I tell people all the time, I'm not your role model, but if you can learn something from the path that I took to get where I am, then I'm going to do everything I can to help. But I'm not going into living my life thinking that I have to be a beacon for all the other young people in the world. I got two kids of my own. I got a hard enough time teaching them. So I'm doing it because that's what kind of person I am. Not because I feel obligated to do so. And let's not get that confused. Let's not think because he played football, it means he's a certain type of person. They are jackasses in every walk of life. <laughs> let's not stop. Let, just because he does this means he's good. Just because he does that means he's bad. Get over yourself. That's not the way the world works, but we tend, it's, it's a cop out for us. As a society, that's the easy place to go is to just sit back, not be seen. None of these people don't have a face on it. I'm putting my face on it. I put my face on it the whole time about questions about innocence or guilt. 
questions about what's going on and how this is going to be handled. Because I was just as confused as, as everybody else. But we deal with, on, on a daily basis, all of us who's sitting, you guys talking, and include myself, have to deal with people that don't have to put those put a face on those comments. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm willing to do it because it ain't coming from a place of hate. It ain't coming from, it's coming from a place of real. This is the stuff that people have to deal with on a regular basis. And I'm going to tell you, you don't ever want to be declared innocent or guilty because of an accusation. You don't. We, has a, we have a system in place for that. If you don't agree with the system, you have every opportunity to change the system. But after the fact, don't go and complain about how things work. Right. I'm As a black man, I'm just asking to be able to go through that procedure and not be deemed innocent or guilty before you've had one bit of evidence. Right. And so unfortunately, that's what we are. Deshaun just wanted to go away now. But, Let's but just be done with it and move on. And, and unfortunately, Leroy, in this instant gratification, instant reactive society, right. as soon as something hits Twitter, yeah, yeah. It's, so it's, it's I over. saw people digging into the camp, rapist, banned for life, what do you right. know about the case? Right. That's why, even though we've had to fill a lot of airtime and we're discussing this case, the one thing that we've tried to be very careful in doing throughout is to say, ultimately, let's just hold fire until the true expert, and there's one, Sue Robinson was named by the league as the disciplinary officer. She's been immersed in this case for months. She had the hearing. She read the briefs. She thoughtfully weighed all the evidence. There's no one else that can say that. She's seen more than anyone has seen. And what she ultimately came up with is Deshaun's behavior was egregious, but was nonviolent sexual behavior. So he's got kinks, apparently. That's, that's what we're hearing. And because he's an NFL player and because he's got morales clauses and he is looked upon as someone who has to only be doing positive things for the league, suddenly everybody wanted to throw darts and to prematurely convict him of something they really knew very little about. Now the expert right. has spoken. It's six games. Whether or not it'll be appealed, we'll know in the, la in the next 72 hours. But other than that, it's time to move on. So, so Leroy, let me say this because I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you, right? You have a, uh, a young man, first of all, who I hope has learned a great lesson from this entire yep. thing, right? Yeah, you got to learn from you it. You got to learn from this now because you gotta learn from yeah, it. Yeah, this world is wicked if you allow it to be. The facts take you where they take you. And the facts here, when I see guys like Ryan Clark jump on online and start talking nonsense about you better have all the facts in front of you, right? Because what what's out of the uh, atmosphere that you may know in the public sphere may be far different what the facts are, right? And so here's a chance. Here's a chance for a learning lesson for not just uh, Deshaun Watson, but the people running the league here, right? Because I agree with Leroy. 
we should not be holding people accountable because what you fear somebody else may say, mm-hmm. right? You don't Absolutely. know anything about the facts here. Yeah, right? that's not justice. Right? Because if there was some real facts, he'd be in jail right now. Let me be. Uh, they would have brought right. a case in Texas long, twice. Long, ago, yep. long, long time ago. And, right. and and he was twice cleared by grand juries. Right. And so here, the two grand jury cases, Leroy, and then the judge comes in and basically validates the two grand jury cases down in Texas. Right? So what right. is what is the deal here? What are we doing here? They were talking about 12 games, $8 million fine. First of all, they were talking the, indefinite. I said, hold on, yeah. $8 million fine? The fine is the suspension of the games. That's the fine. He's missing checks. I, I said, what are you talking about here? The, right? Right. This is all well, To be clear, though, to be clear, the amount of money that he'll miss in salary for this is around 250,000 yeah because the way he structured the deal right and the (laughs) but but we have already heard that the league was not happy at all with the way the deal was was structured because they felt that it was a workaround to what they knew was coming that's why I did think that we may see a fine and we may it's possible that Roger Goodell could say this we're going to appeal the decision we are and I'm ruling. I'm 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 because he's gonna be the judge, juror, and execution. Yeah. He could say, we're sticking with the six games, but I'm throwing a fine on of X. And then that's when it that's when it gets And we'd ele- have to live with no, it. No, no, because then they get a chance to take it further. Well, right? they could have they, they could and, they could and, sue and in it, federal it, court. It, it had to come in, the ruling had to come in this week for them to go to federal court. That right. is in. Yes. So now you go down, you're gonna open up a can of uh, a can of worms here yeah. that you might not want. Here, no, well we right? know that we, we know the league doesn't want that smoke. So, so Leroy, tell me tell me this, Leroy. Right. So do you feel like the I think the NFL is just posturing because they don't want any part of the smoke. Because this can lead you down a road that could come back to haunt you for decades. Hey, I don't want the NFL judging on my cases without facts. And I'm more than sure the NFL don't want Congress having meetings and 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 having them sitting in front of Congress over some some board asking questions because they don't ever end up being about what you in there for. <laughs> so I know they don't want that smoke because guess what? If you go to take it to that level, you know what's gonna happen. They're gonna start questioning all of the acts of the owners. You know, so then let's okay. here. So there's a lot. There's a lot that goes into this. I think, look, I think a, a, a good, a good uh, result is when neither side is happy. Right. I yeah. think both, both sides, but, but see Deshaun Watson is not happy because he don't feel he did anything. Right. The league is not happy because it doesn't look like they came down with a heavy hand. There's a distinct difference between what the two are unhappy about. Because the, the, if you're to, if you're protecting, you know, the, the, the morality of the league, right, you should be far from the organization that hands down punishment based on what it looks like. But, amen. Right. And, 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 like, that should, you should and you're so right far away from that. And, and Leroy, especially when they've had the opportunity to go before Sue and put their evidence out there. Right. And we heard the NFLPA was leaking to the Associated Press and others that they, got they had no evidence of coercion. They had no evidence of any sexual activity that was forced on anybody. And right. to, to your point, I think the smartest point that we've heard today is why can't we have a justice system where 
It's actually decided not on optics, not on what the public wants. The public doesn't know all the evidence. Sue right. Robinson does. Two grand juries in Texas did. All three now have come out and said no criminal activity, no criminal activity, some kink and some egregious behavior, but nonviolent and certainly not criminal. So how that raises even to six games, I can understand why Deshaun Watson's well, hands is upset. I, I disagree because the NFL had the same the same notes. They know what happened. Yes, that's Everybody why they're upset. Everybody knows what happened. That's why so they're why upset. why are you sitting out here talking about 12 games and $8 million? You already knew what happened, right? They had the chance to prove now, it. Now, Deshaun, to Leroy's point, Deshaun Watson is paying the price for being dumb. That's what he's paying the yeah. price for. Those are the six games. You mean for, for you putting mean, yourself in the position okay. for this right. to even yeah. occur. Right. No, I, yeah. This for is that, your you gotta have look, he he's got he's gotta understand that the position he holds in the league is, is gonna be seen as above everybody else. And his his um his behavior is gonna always, you know, be under a mic microscope. It was before this situation. It will definitely be after. That's just the nature of that $230, $230 million contract. If he was making 230000 we wouldn't be having this long right. conversation. No, no, he no, he was. He was okay, until so the Kyler Murray deal. The highest paid player in the league. And if you go by guaranteed money, he, he is, is still the highest yeah. paid player in the league. Right. And with that comes different yeah. responsibilities, different levels so, of expectation. So that, that's part of it. But, but, but you know, it, more important to me is is that we all need to to learn from this, uh, from players, the league, um, to understand what situations, what circumstances can get your players in these situations and learn from it, and and learn and learn from it because guess what. I don't care how innocent Deshaun Watson is. People are out there saying it doesn't matter if you didn't do anything. I'm going to make it look so bad that you got to settle with me. Or I'm going to make it look so bad that you get in trouble. Right. Because I don't like you no more. Or right. <laughs> our relationship is over or whatever. And you just got to be careful for those landmines. You see, now with Deshaun Watson... He kind of, you know, put himself in the situation where this could happen. Right. Right? Right. So I'm um, you know, but but even if nothing happened, he put himself into a situation <laughs> where like somebody, a lawyer, got all these women together, right? Compared notes and say, "Hey, let's go get him civilly." You know? So it, like again, um he has some culpability in this. I don't know if I would have suspended him six games, but that's because I'm a player. I'm also a black man. I understand that if ever I get caught up in some stuff, I want the facts to speak for themselves, not the feelings. Mm -hmm. Right? That's what he's One of the things why, and you, you, and to know where I'm coming from, I told you how I felt by G. Bush's article. And why was that? Facts. Facts. Like we 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 we. I don't like coming out of a situation where the facts didn't matter. They should always okay. matter. It should be about. We the know truth. we know the same amount about this situation now 
we do as we do did before it started, and that's yep. nothing. Well, but Leroy, I would say we actually know this. We know that a person whose career, a person who rose to the top of her profession, a person whose job it is to mm-hmm. weigh evidence, we know that she looked at it as thoroughly as any case she ever had, and she's made her ruling. So at yes. least we know that. Nobody other than the grand juries and maybe the attorneys involved in both sides and Sue Robinson know everything. But now she does. And so that's why the public has to, we may not like it. We may think it should have been zero. Some think it should have been far worse. G. Bush cited a poll on Twitter that said, and there were like 20,000 respondents to this poll, that 77% of the respondents feel that it was too lenient. It doesn't matter at this point. They don't know what Sue knows, and Sue has said six games, and so it is. And on that six games, I know you've studied the schedule. Where are the Browns coming into week seven when Deshaun Watson takes the football field as the Browns' starting quarterback? What's their record? Four and two. Four and two. Very good. Maybe, maybe, Maybe even better. Wow, like, you're going you're going I, perhaps tell you five what. and one. I'll tell you what. Tim Codge was supposed to be the savior, but we agree on a couple of things. <laughs> one, and you've heard me say this before, without Deshaun Watson, they're gonna run the football. They're gonna stop the run. They're gonna play defense and get after the quarterback. And Jacoby Vissett gonna make a handful of plays during that process. Mm-hmm. Right? But number one. You got one of the best offensive lines in the world. You got one of the best running games, right? You got one of the best defenses. That travels. That can play anywhere. Mm -hmm. You can play that style of football anywhere. So why should I expect, even if Deshaun Watson was playing, the, the, the basis of my decision on where they should be and how they should play has nothing to do with Deshaun Watson. When the Browns are good, when this version of the Browns are good, they run the football, they protect the quarterback, and they get after the quarterback. So, they still have that, right? All day. When when Deshaun Watson comes back, that's a bonus. Leroy, the plan plan to win is three things. You got to play great defense, run the ball, and and protect the football. If you do those three things, you should That's win it. every game. Hey. Those is the three things it, that every football team It don't matter who's the quarterback, <laughs> right? If you have those other things, you can make by. Now, I did say this. It's going to come a point in the game. It's going to come a point in the season. I can't tell you where it's going to be, where you're going to say these words. An elite quarterback would get this done. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, when that's going to come, I can't tell you. Yeah, because, look, you can play in a lot of close games early on in the year, and you'll be like, man, that elite quarterback making that was one or two throws Mm would have got us over the hump. I'm hoping it doesn't come to that. Mm -hmm. It always does. But but you can't control. Look, you can't control when those moments come. Right. And that's the great thing about sports and the worst thing about sports because they always seem to come when you least expect it. Right? That one moment during the game, 
that one situation. You don't know when it's going to come. It might happen in the first quarter. It might happen in the third quarter. <laughs> I don't know, but you hope that what you have in place can get you over that hump until your guy gets back. They often happen in the fourth quarter. Well, I, I, yeah. always, I always think that with, with Jacoby Brissett in there, you know, having that good run game is definitely king. And what is what it's going to do is it's going to clear things up because now defenses is going to have to stack the box. Instead of seven, we got to run eight in the box. Give him so a little more room yeah, to throw it. Right. So, Jacoby, <laughs> so some of these passes, depending on how great the run game is, if Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt is out there doing that one two punch, the throws with Jacoby Brissett should be pretty easy. And like, it's not like this guy is, you know, has no experience in the end. Uh, right. Yeah, he's right. got enough time under his belt right, exactly. that right. he should be able right. to recognize right. what the defense is right. giving him and pick it apart. But I, I gotta ask I gotta ask I gotta ask you guys a question this because Leroy just made a point here. We got a great run game. I but this is this this does Stefanski know this? Right? Because you had to <laughs> look does he know this? Because I gotta run the ball now. I got two hey. work thoroughbreds in the backfield. What a he has a tendency to want to throw the ball and get out hey. of, you know, I'm gonna yeah. coach you. Yeah. Don't out coach me. Just run the ball. He is an aggressive I, I, play caller though. He I've is, always but, said I've always <laughs> said this is that these first six weeks are gonna be a big test for Kevin Stefanski. Not because of his intelligence. Mm-hmm. Not because his, you know, you know, knowledge about offensive football, but for understanding the team that you have. Exactly. Yeah. Swallow the ego. Exactly. And do what you have to do to win a football game. And you know, my fear, Leroy, and I want to see if this is a fear of yours, and I also want to ask you how Stefanski should should split those twelve quarters of preseason football between the two quarterbacks. But before you answer that. My fear on the Stefanski thing is last year, he he didn't seem to know what he had. And, and here's why I say that. He had a banged up quarterback that the entire fan base knew was not the guy that they had the year before. Right. I was, I'm still concerned that he wasn't the adult in the room and he didn't grab Baker Mayfield by the jersey and say, son, you're sitting down. You're not 100%. You're hurting our football team. So he didn't seem to know that he had a quarterback that could no longer physically perform. And I also question, is he aware that he's got two of the top five running backs, in my view, in the league? <laughs> yeah. Does he know that? Mm-hmm. And that um, that's my fear with, with Kevin. I, I'm going I'm to give him the pass on the Baker Mayfield thing for this reason. Coaches sit in the room and they weigh their options, right? Is the backup good as the guy playing injured? They got to make that call. They didn't look horrible when they played. The backups did but, not look horrible when they played. Uh, again, again, <laughs> but but from the standpoint of the coach, he's making that decision. He's determining that our best option is 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 Baker Mayfield. Uh, I'm not going to get up. mad at him for that. Okay, no, um, hey. But I that's... will say this. You are right from this standpoint. As an offensive coordinator, you go into every game with an idea of what you're going to be able to do or not be able to do. Mm-hmm. then you make adjustments during the course of a game. Right. Um, it would be ridiculous <laughs> if, if you didn't run the hell out of Kareem Hunt and, and, and Nick Chubb. Well, because, that... one, you need to set the tone for how the Browns are going to play football. Mm-hmm. 
right? This is whoever's at quarterback. You need to know this is how we coming after you. Come get some. But, but Leroy, couldn't he have done that? I know you said that he assessed the situation and said a banged up Baker yeah. gives us a better chance than the backups did. But couldn't he have also said and made the point that you made that good defense and a great running game travel? Yeah. So couldn't have he said, you know what? We can be better without Baker and a heavy dose of the run with an all-pro type backfield. That's yes. the decision that I felt he could have made, and I yeah. would have supported as a you fan, know, and I think um, everybody would have. He yeah. only had one running back last yeah. year. Oh, they they were back. hurt. They were dinged. I know. I understand that, but you it, still had a, listen, you still had a, did, a healthy did, chub for most of the season. Did you know Dearness was going to play the way he did? No, but uh, once he did, I did. I knew okay, that. Okay, but, but that, <laughs> hey, that was. He's I mean, I'm sure. I'm more than sure that half of that Brown staff came out of that last game and said, "Look at Lou. Look at what we got here." <laughs> right? Yeah, but, but, but Leroy, Leroy, there you were also know. coaches though. There were also coaches that were saying before the Denver yeah. game, guys. Yeah. You're not going to see a huge drop off. They do because they see him every day in practice, and he right. he is a dancer. Right. He makes things happen, and so I know that they did say looky loo. But going <laughs> into that game, they also were like, "Y'all are going to figure out what we've known all year. Amen. This kid can I, run the ball." If if there's anything that I would hold against Stefanski, and it's it's not I, I love what he does offensively. Some of the some of the things that he has to beat a defense. Uh, with the play action and stuff like that is I would say that you have to recognize what you have and what are your strengths and you have to go into the game not over coaching the situation right mm-hmm. right for example if you play Tennessee what's that what's happening they you running the ball. ball. Yeah, you know. They running <laughs> the ball. Derrick Henry right. running downhill. Put your big right. boy shoulder pads You're going to see on. Foreman, too. You're going to see. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yes. Derrick Henry yeah. left. Foreman became a monster. Changed his right. number up. Looking, I'm like, who is but, this guy? But you know what kind of team they are. With, with the Browns, we know what kind of team they are and what's going to butter their bread. But we don't know if. We don't necess- we haven't necessarily leaned on that like that's the type of team we want to be. We going with you know, it's, it's almost like we- I call it the <laughs> Brian Billick syndrome. Brian Billick was an offensive guru who went to Baltimore, mm-hmm. right? And they went five weeks without scoring an offensive touchdown and went like three and two. Yeah. And ended up winning the Super Bowl that year. And had right? an all world defense that he had yes. really very little to do yes. with. Yes. Yes. So so you know, as that season went on, he probably said, I got to put my offense in a situation where they don't turn the ball over because that defense is bringing it. Sure. Right? You just yep. adjust. He adjusted. I, I, I would have liked Kevin Stefanski to maybe identify that. And, and, and again, a lot of it got lost with the so many injuries that they had to the running backs, to, to, to every part of the Browns that you hung your hat on. Somebody got broken down, yeah. right? And you and had the so, OBJ drama in the middle of it, right? So, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna like, you know, I'm not saying that oh he's a terrible coach, oh he don't make good decisions or whatever. I'm one of those guys that I look at all the situations and wonder what the hell would I have done here? Yeah. How how would we find this? Guy? How are we gonna keep our you know because defense towards the end struggle too with the injuries. So, sure. um, 
you got a, a fresh start. We know that you got a top five quarterback. You know you got a top tier running game. You know you got your defense back. Um, so Use I'm gonna it. let it play out and 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 wish for you know an injury free start to the season, and then Kevin Stefanski will have you know, a full slate of opportunities where he, he can use the team and, and kind of we get a better uh, better idea with health of how he works his way through a football season. Right. Hey, Leroy, um, I know it wasn't your scheduled day and uh, you squeezed us in and made time for us. We appreciate that. We thank you for that. We will see you later this week. Thank you very much for your time. And you're uh, you're always on point. Don't do thoughts. it, Ty. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it. I was I was ready. Don't do it. Gotcha. You gotta get him. I save it. I save it. All right. All right. All right, bro. Love you. See you All soon. Right. All right. All right. Uh, let's do a quick reset. It's uh, 11:04. Normally, this is when we're starting our show. Yeah. 